welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Kim Hutchins, and at 412, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. And we are a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Ontario, Canada. So on today's episode, I had a fantastic chat with Jeremy Norton from Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. He is the pastor at Mountain View Church there and creator of the Lead Biblically website. We had such a fantastic chat and he really has so much energy and is such a great guy to chat with. Some of the things that I think you'll find interesting on today's episode are when we talk about life in the Yukon Territory and how Jeremy is using that and his experience there to reach all the small communities in the North that are not able to afford a pastor. We also chat about Lead Biblically and what that is all about and delaying rest. What happens when we stay on the zipper roller coaster for far too long at the fairgrounds? All that and more on today's episode. Welcome to the 412 Canada podcast. Do you serve or lead volunteers in the local church? Are there days when you feel less than equipped to make the kind of impact that you want to make in your role or in your organization? Through this podcast, we're equipping the church for greater influence through serving. Thanks for joining us. Well, this is Kim, and we are having Jeremy Norton on today, and he's from Whitehorse. He's at Mountain View Church in the Yukon Territory, and so it's exciting to talk to him about his remote community and what's going on out there, and uh, the Lead Biblically website that he's got. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. He's written some amazing stuff, and I can't wait to share that. Jeremy is someone who enjoys fishing and hunting, big game, so... We can find out about this grizzly bear. I hear that he uh, hunted down and they've been eating. <laughs> so welcome, <Yeah>. Jeremy. <laughs> Why don't you jump right in? <laughs> yeah. No, thanks for having me. It's been fun listening to the podcast and I've heard some people that I know. And um, and yeah, it's just really, really fun. It, it's lots, even some people from my past that I haven't connected with in a while. And then hearing them on the podcast and I'm like, man, I got to got to call that person. <laughs> so it was great to be a part. I was raised in Ontario, spent time in Huntsville, used to go to Faith Baptist, Nice. you know, worked at NBC, Summit College. So this podcast feels like a little bit of like coming back to some of my roots. Yay. So it's fun. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And so now tell yeah. us about what's it like up in your territory. We were talking about it a bit beforehand, but I think that listeners would love to hear yeah. it. Um, tell us about yeah, big so game hunting, the big game territory. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I can give you a little bit of insight on that. Not <laughs> that I'm like an expert fisher or hunter, but I, I thankfully had met some people that helped me along the way. Um, yeah. So the Yukon territory, if you can imagine territorial space is about the same size as California in landmass, but there's only about 40,000 people that live there. Mm-hmm. So you can try to imagine California, but only 40,000 people. Um, and you're in the North. And so you've got dark in the winter, light in the summer, cold weather, hot weather. Um, But then the interesting part about the Yukon is uh, three quarters of that 40,000 person population lives in the greater city of Whitehorse. So our mission field as a church, we can impact three quarters of our entire territory within basically 
from where I'm sitting very close. <laughs> so it gives us a great midfield, great impact in the territory, but the Yukon is actually the most secular um, province and territory in Canada. We are oh, around wow. 51% atheist and agnostic. Wow, um, I didn't so realize more, that. More people, yeah, so in the Yukon, more people reject the idea of God uh, or don't think it's important. Uh, more people in the Yukon you know, percentage wise than anywhere else in Canada, including, yeah, including like BC, which is a front runner behind us. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other things uh, that, that are a part of uh, the Yukon and Whitehorse, we have a, like a 30, 35% government employment in federal and territorial stuff. So that adds a, like a heavy government mm -hmm. uh, piece to it. But then we have private sector, uh, hunting guides and and fishing guides and and there's that whole kind of an independent Yukoner mindset that's also uh, that's also in there. So we're kind of a uh, uh, and then we have a large First Nations population. Mm -hmm. So white horses and the Yukon is often called the colorful five percent of Canada. Uh, everyone's very staunchly independent and, and opinionated, and um, it happens all here in Whitehorse. So it's when people visit here, they're like. There, there's something here like everyone seems to have all the answers but isn't willing to listen to anyone else so that that's that's my journey here and this is where I'm called oh man and, and uh, you've got your wife yeah, there with your three boys is it three boys yeah 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 my wife Nicole my three boys uh Jude Luke and Mark and um yeah she stays at home uh she homeschools them which mm -hmm. is which is great uh, some days they, the boys like it, some days they don't, I guess, and that's, uh, that's fine. As you know, is normal with homeschooling, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we try to spend some time outside camping, fishing, hunting. Uh, you're saying, uh, you know, I got a grizzly bear this spring, my first mm -hmm. grizzly bear, and it's hard for people to wrap their mind around the fact that some people eat bear. Uh, I like to call it, we like to call it nature's pork, and so... My boys actually really love grizzly bear burgers, and it's a hard thing. And so, yeah. it's it's a thing. Yeah. And hunters know that, but not everyone does. So it's a little bit of a <laughs> not everyone eats bear, but uh, a few of us do way up here. And we yeah, like well, it. and I think or in Huntsville, I think in Huntsville, there's a number of people that do as well. Yeah, there's people that hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I think deer and black bear hunting is a pretty substantial thing in in central and northern Ontario for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's talk Bless a little me. bit. Yeah. Um, if we can jump right into your lead biblically website, um, which sure. I love, I love that you've got that connect on Instagram and we'll definitely put up those links for all those that are listening so that they can check it out as well. But, um, can you oh, tell thanks. us like, how did that get started? Um, I started, so journaling, I've been journaling since, um, I've, you know, I found a few journals from when I was like, 16 15 mm -hmm. 16 and yeah when I gave my life to Jesus journaling definitely became a part of it I would read bible and journal and write and I'm a talker and so often talkers have no tr trouble writing something down because they have more thoughts than <laughs> typically people really want to listen to um so uh you know rather than exhaust people you can write stuff down when you're yeah. a talker and it, it turned, I into, journal, turned into a <laughs> what I said I should maybe try that <laughs> 
yeah, it doesn't always work funny enough. Um, you, when you're an extreme extrovert talker, you can still exhaust people, but that's okay. Um, so journaling and then blogging happened mm -hmm. and it was all this thing like weblogging. And so you start writing some of your journal things and at the start, it's like, how much personal stuff do you put on blogs? Mm -hmm. How, how vulnerable do you get? And then we shifted in culture to where vulnerability and authenticity, I think it started with us as Gen Xers, but then, you know, really capitalized in millennials where authenticity and vulnerability uh, speak more value than, than structure mm -hmm. and policy. And, and so, yes, people, more people started reading, more people started responding. And um, then, yeah, then it kind of transformed into the, the website the, that it is now, leadbiblically.com, mm -hmm. um, you know, where the mission of it is serving Christ by cultivating biblical leadership through writing, equipping, communications. And uh, had a couple of guest writers every once in a while. And yeah, um, I wish I could post way more than I do. Uh, but my main gig is being a, being a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so that is a priority, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that gives you a snapshot of it. Yeah, no, that's great. And the church you're a pastor of, you're the lead pastor. Do you want to tell us a little bit about mm -hmm. that? Uh, Mountain View Church. Mm -hmm. So I came on about six six years ago it was whitehorse baptist church uh a fellowship of evangelical baptist church in the pacific region and uh fairly traditional church and we started a journey of revitalization which mm -hmm. i think uh has come to it's it's come to be an area uh where a lot of people ask me questions about now and mm -hmm. uh, i even had an opportunity to go on a consultation with our fellowship pacific team and um, I now serve on the Fellowship Pacific Board, and I, I'm really hoping I, I have a passion to revitalize smaller community churches. That's awesome. Because uh, a lot of times we think about um, kind of big city stuff, uh, but big city things and processes, methods, and for revitalization and change don't always work in a smaller community, a smaller city, smaller That's town. True. Yeah. So we've been on this process here. And um, we've seen a lot of wins. Uh, we've seen, um, you know, yeah, people come to Christ and baptized and brought in the church, um, a really great ex season of growth. Mm -hmm. Though I think, obviously, theologically, I do believe the Holy Spirit has kind of drawn them there. And that, that's a big piece of it. But when a church is willing to lay down some, some uh, traditions and methods, in order to see that growth, I, I do believe that the Lord responds to that because there's mm -hmm. a there's a heart condition there that that yeah it I you know it's supernatural. Um, it is, and yeah. uh, we you know we just praise Jesus that 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 happened, and um, it's COVID's stopped things for sure. It's it's changed things, but um, we've seen some pretty good pretty good revitalization in our church and, and some great changes. And, um, we have really great leadership team. And so, yeah, great staff ministry leader. So it's, yeah, mm -hmm. it's a great church. Yeah. Sure. It sounds like it. Um, and I mm -hmm. love, uh, what you wrote about even mentioning your church and the one that I wanted mm -hmm. to mention on leadbiblically.com was when the enemy schemes 
is to delay rest and keep serving. If we could talk about that and uh, your burnout and how Mm -hmm. you're using what you've written to help others. I mean, that's awesome because um, sometimes we go Mm -hmm. through things and we hold it in, but really God's not going to waste anything that we've been through. And I like when you wrote, not taking into account the limitations of my personal internal resources. I know that really resonated with me and I thought like, how can Mm. we recognize our limitations and, and what are those warning signs maybe we should be watching for? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the COVID journey really, I think, you know, that started it, but I think it started more. I had, I had taken a a month off Mm -hmm. in February with my family, went to Florida for a month. Wow. Nice. Did like oh yeah this was like our big disney universal Studios. we had this amazing time of rest and so i came back in march and i was rested fired up passionate and i think um i think that's why i didn't see this coming wow um second week or third week all of a sudden church shuts down because of this weird virus that we <laughs> Or you know, first it was called coronavirus, and it's COVID nineteen, and we didn't know anything at that time. But we, I was, I'm like pro change, let's shift. We got this, and it was exciting. Yeah, it was amazing. I was on a high until about digital Easter. Uh, <laughs> prayer requests were coming in, new people viewing. There yeah. was this. It was awesome. <laughs> I think not just because I had come off this great time of rest, but that I was entered into a really great challenge. But then after digital Easter, it was like, Oh, digital church kind of starting to not be so fun. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, we got to get more creative. We got to do this. We got to push, we got to push. And then next thing you know, "Mm, don't sleep as many hours. Yeah. Mm, Don't work out. Mm, You know what? I'll skip a meal and I'll figure out something and I'll get some food at some point, or mm-hmm. I don't eat anything all day. And then I just feed my face all night in front of Netflix just to get some sort of rest or recover. So then all this physical stuff starts ha- happening. And then there's tensions because some people are burning out or quitting or saying, this isn't fun. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't sign up for this. And others are like, now they have, different feelings about COVID and then the divisions start like we just need to be back to regular church who cares about the government other people saying ah you know no you need to stay locked down don't you dare open the borders so all of a sudden the ride you know it's like it's like the zipper at the fair super fun for the first few rotations (laughs) and then you are just ready to vomit yeah and you are (laughs) so done with this ride what? That's a perfect analogy for this time. Yes. <laughs> that is fun. So I was like, this was so fun. And now I want off this ride now. But then the mission of the gospel, the call that there are unchurched and dechurched people that are maybe that maybe need Jesus this moment. And I know that this is part of my call. I cannot lay down this call because of this challenge. And so there's this weird so this speaking to this internal personal limitation my call was never hindered Mm -hmm. to reach people with the gospel in this city and territory but i was so depleted 
emotionally, mentally, physically, because of the diet and sleep decisions I was making, because we're filming on locations and Mm -hmm. editing footage and doing all this other stuff while I'm still trying to prepare messages and network with people. I can't just have a staff meeting. I'm doing these Zoom meetings and trying to do Zoom prayer meetings and then trying to do these little Bible online things. And there was just so much stuff. And what was exciting became exhausting. And then I realized, like, I can't even, I don't even know what Jesus is saying anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even remember the last time I heard Jesus say something to me. And I understand that's kind of a theological statement where you're at, but, you know, whether you're uber charismatic and you really hear Jesus or, you know, you're in the Baptist world, you know, the Lord whispered to me, we'll <laughs> let that go there, depending on what pastor you are, what denomination you're from. But the Lord speaking to me, like Jesus speaking to me in my heart. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I can't hear you anymore, Jesus. And I was done, was fully undone. Yeah. I had, I had no idea how, how to move forward. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, there was a moment where I spent half the night in the church nursery mm-hmm. waiting for edits and uploads to finish. And I woke up and the Holy Spirit was like, this this is not good no. <laughs> like this is got to stop like like you actually spent the night on the zipper now <laughs> the, the fair shut down yeah and you're still rotating on the zipper and everyone else has got over like you, you gotta you. so that was you know that was the beginning of the end I had some big emotional uh, like anxiety attack breakdowns after that. And I, I had a great leadership. Um, there were so many warning signs, but you just ignore them Yeah. because you place the mission almost, you forget that Jesus is the King. You put the mission, the King, and then you like wreck yourself for the mission. And you say, well, it's sacrifice, you know, it's, it's this. And Jesus, who's the King of the mission saying, part of the mission is you just need to be with me now. Mm-hmm. so I know that's a lot like I said I'm a talker but no that's, that's amazing because I, I think it's definitely we're all kind of going through this crazy season right and it's so good to hear this because someone else might also be struggling with those things as well and just we need to take that moment and I know um, you even mentioned the enemy schemes of delay like in your in what yeah. you wrote and about that fear and forgetfulness and how fear said everything would fall apart and forgetfulness caused you to forget God's sovereignty and steadfastness. And I was just like, wow, that's so true. That happens, right? We kind of are like, well, I can't stop because it's just going to fall apart. Right. And we forget. Yeah. God's sovereign over it all. And so I just want like when, what all of a sudden helped you to remember God is sovereign. And, and what helped you to overcome like that fear that if I drop this or if I let it go, it's going to fall apart. You know, this is going to be super vulnerable, um, hard in our world. You know, there was a, you know, there was an afternoon where, <laughs> you know, it's hard to say, I know this is going public, but that's fine. But, um, there was an afternoon where I, uh, I was, um, I was, I was so stricken with sorrow, like a mm-hmm. sorrow, like someone had died for about four hours. Um, one afternoon I was totally debilitated. I couldn't move. I couldn't make decisions. I couldn't. And I, I, uh, 
you know, um, never had it before where I'm, I'm crying, mm-hmm. but I can't really verbalize, understand why the taps in my eyeballs won't turn off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, that was so different. It's, to, it was totally new. And that, and that's like, you know, once the first hour passes, you're like, so this should be done. Like, it's not that I haven't yeah. cried before, but like, you know, usually you have a little emotional breakdown, 10 minutes in the vehicle, you, you give it to Jesus and okay, and then you're good let's to go. do this. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't, wow. it wasn't subsiding second hour, third hour, yeah. four hour, this deep sorrow. And, and in that you, you're throwing up so many prayers mm-hmm. and it's, I think in the, in the weeping and the, and in the, in the total complete, um, when you're totally undone mm-hmm. in, in that regard, your prayer is very different. Yeah. You, you're begging, like, you know, we beg for stuff normally in our prayer life, but in that moment, you, you have no options and you realize you have no options and the, the mental and emotional ba- behaviors that you're now displaying mm-hmm. that you don't understand you realize in that moment only only jesus can handle this and i i've got to walk away i i can't do this anymore and so that's where i think god's sovereignty steps in and whispers in the sorrow you know you know have, have you gone far enough yet yeah. like are you are you willing to let me do this now? Like there's risk. You don't know what you're going to come back to. Mm -hmm. You don't know. Maybe things will fall apart. I'm not going to promise you they won't, but do you believe that I'm strong enough to handle it? Do you really? Yeah. And it's like, you know, or, (laughs) you know, in my mind, I'm a little bit of a sarcastic guy. You know, you almost think like God's other thing, or you can ball your eyes and eyes out every afternoon for the next six months. This is an option, Jeremy. You can't do this. Like you I will. Allow, I love you. Enough. <laughs> yeah, I love you. We have kids. I son, I love you enough to walk down this road. Yeah. You know, I am telling you, it will not go well. <laughs> But I'm going to love you enough. You can choose this. And I think that's the beautiful part of God's sovereignty. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a terrible moment. But now it's like one of the most beautiful moments because coming out of that, I go on a personal retreat for a week. And I've, I don't think I've ever felt closer to Jesus than I did during that week yeah. falling, following that afternoon. Wow. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. When you said sometimes Jesus calls you like, and he calls us to stop, rest, Mm -hmm. recover and abide in him. So what passages did you find during this time really helped you to do that? Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about, so when you asked me that before, I was thinking, I was going through my journal and looking funny enough. uh, And it's an, it's an old, an old Testament book, Habakkuk. Oh, I nice. had been wanting to do a sermon series on Habakkuk for a couple of years, but then it got bumped and it got bumped. And then, um, I forget actually how it came up on my personal retreat. I'm in this cabin 
like rustic cabin, you know, no running water, oh, wow. uh, just on my own in the middle of the woods. Oh yeah. Went full on hermit, hardcore, <laughs> me and Jesus cut off from the world. Um, called my wife every night to see that she was still surviving with okay. my three boys, by the way, but <laughs> good, had, good. had a bit of self-service for that. Uh, but um, Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19 was this thing where uh, obviously at the time in, in Israel's history, um, Habakkuk is wrestling why things are so terrible. Mm-hmm. And he, he's asking, he's like, well, you know, aren't you faithful? Like, why are we going through this? Why is this so difficult? And, the, and I knew that about Habakkuk, but it wasn't until I started reading it. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like Habakkuk is like, this is, this is, this is the COVID prophet. Like, <laughs> they're going through right. all this stuff. Yeah. It's so good because Israel is getting pounded and he's like, do you not have a plan, God? And yeah. God's like, are you serious? <laughs> I've always had a plan. You want to call my plan into account? But in the end, okay, so at the very end, chapter three, at the end of chapter three, uh, Habakkuk, he writes, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be nor fruit beyond the vines the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet i will rejoice in the lord mm-hmm. i will take joy in the god of my salvation god the lord is my strength he makes my feet like the deer's he makes me tread on my high places and in that moment, there was this whisper mm. of, Jeremy, I hate to break this to you, but COVID's not going away. <laughs> and this idea that you can hide out in your cabin and then you're going to come back and church is going to be back to normal, it's not. Mm-hmm. But like Habakkuk wrote, no fruit, no olives, no where's all the good stuff the stalls are empty this the seats are empty yeah no one's in church building the but do we take refuge in god like is our joy in in the church or the creator of the church right Mm -hmm. and so that was huge that passage uh there was no it that book does not end (laughs) <laughs> with this big promise of the Lord saying, oh, it's just going to be another week yeah, or another month. And everything will be back to normal. Israel will be fine again. Everything will be blessed. It'll be, that's not how it ends. No. Oh man. <laughs> it ends with Habakkuk, like realizing, hmm, okay, the journey continues. This is still going to stink, but you know, God's still on the throne. And yeah, uh, yeah that may not be super encouraging for pastors. <laughs> I, just, I just realized. <laughs> the pastors are like, oh, you know. Because it's not going to end. It keeps going. <laughs> I like, it's not super hopeful, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, it is, right? But I mean, because they made it through, obviously, right? Like, it's. Yeah eventually (laughs) and God's purposes are done right and he is sovereign and so you're gonna see that but yeah it it, it's definitely not just that hope you know positive message but yeah it's what we're going through 
Yeah. And so, you know, sitting in that cabin, reading through Habakkuk, the Lord told me, like, in regards to my burnout, this is going to be a long haul, Jeremy, and you got to figure this out, that it's going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you thought going into Digital Easter, I remember saying to my wife, um, like, you know, this this season, I'm going to have to just give everything. Like, I might have to work 80, 100 hours a week, but it doesn't matter for this season. Like, the church needs it. The mission needs us. And to be honest, I think she was fully understanding. She was like, yeah, th- yeah. this is a moment when pastors – but it didn't end. No. And th- this is the the onslaught. If it doesn't stop, how how do we sustain it? Mm-hmm. Right. This yeah. this all of a sudden, yeah, this isn't a sprint. This is a marathon. <laughs> Maybe it's not even like a marathon. This is like a <laughs> I don't know. It's like we're all of a sudden, you know, we're heading down a trail, and all of a sudden we found out we're on like the Great Wall of China. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like a this is like a six month journey to get to the end. <laughs> you know surprise i never signed up for this <laughs> oh my goodness yeah no it's so true but hey and during this time though like these number of months because it's been quite a journey um mm-hmm. who has influenced your recovery and your like who's put effort into you or who do you surround yourself with to just you know to make a change and to get healthy and and yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I started, uh, I have a counselor. His name's yeah. Andy Lundy, uh, Juniper Tree, Counseling and Psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing guy. His team, uh, junipertree.ca, I think. If okay. you're looking for a great counselor, uh, I'm pretty sure he's like way overbooked, probably with a lot of pastors right now, you know, <laughs> but he's a great guy. And, um, and so I got counseling and I've, you know, I've got another appointment check-in next week. And mm-hmm. so that's continuing. Um, uh, the days of, you know, pastors being the counselors and not relying on really uh, both biblically and educationally trained, like uh, counselors, th- those days are done. If you're still holding on to that, yeah, that's a that you got to let go of. There's really intelligent people out there and um that the lord's using and we need to lean into them so he's an amazing guy he's been a huge help uh great elder uh right now that i'm working with his name's mark shore he goes to our church and he really wants me to be healthy great um uh, ministry team uh, as well as our board they're great people they want me to be healthy um Mm -hmm. can't say enough about our in the pacific region our regional director uh david harita cares deeply about the church here in the West, cares deeply about pastors in the West. So he's been uh, an amazing source of, uh, of comfort and encouragement. He, so that's, yeah, I, I, I think we probably all have really great people around us, mm-hmm. but sometimes we're not, we're not willing to, yeah, it stinks. It's not fun. I'll no. put that out there but to say I'm falling apart and I need you and they may be falling apart too. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, you know, I, you look at all these people, counselors have more people on their docket than they ever have before, yeah. you know, elders and, and board teams are dealing with things they've never had to deal with before regional directors. They're, they're trying to hold churches and pastors together. Like, yeah. So yeah. And so then how is this affecting your community and your church? Just even this season of COVID, 
um, how are they coping mm-hmm. and what's happening there? Uh, it's divided like everywhere else, mm-hmm. right? Um, churches are either uh, pro-mask, anti-mask, mm-hmm. pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, yeah. uh, pro-open the churches and uh, force yourself into full gatherings against the government, uh, you know, right to freedoms of religion and, you know, that, yeah. that. Then you have the other side that's like, don't open them at all. Keep them closed. Mm-hmm. You're going to kill everyone because you're going to become a super spreader. And so don't let one person in the building. You shouldn't even do staff meetings. Um, you know, and so what we've seen on a global scale, mm-hmm. right, we start to see so there's like, uh, uh, right now we have a big uh, battle in the global world between MacArthurites and Stanleyites, right? Yeah. You know how you have Andy Stanley who says we're not going <laughs> to open up until 2021 at minimum. You have John MacArthur, another great evangelical leader saying, forget the government, <laughs> we're opening, you know, no matter what. These you know, big evangelical leaders are taking these positions Mm -hmm. and then it's encamping every other evangelical underneath. And so for guys like me, that are a small town pastor. We're, we're divided too. And, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just divided. And and there are people in the middle. I I should say, you know, I'll get an email or a text and I guess if anyone's not a pastor and listen, Okay, so I'll say this. (laughs) Some of you have dropped little texts, voicemails, emails, you know, instant messages, whatever, that say, um, you know, you're doing a good job at finding the middle of the road. Keep it up. Mm -hmm. We understand this isn't perfect, but we don't expect to be perfect. You know, we see that you're not choosing one side or the other. You're trying to... You're trying to navigate where the center line is, and we don't expect you to get it right, but we mm-hmm. appreciate the attempt you're trying to do. And there's been people who send those messages, and it, they're like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. They're like they're like apple pie and ice cream in a message. Yeah. <laughs> they're so satisfying. They're just like, oh, this is oh, so good. Yeah. That's what they're like. Because you're 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 so it's so difficult to find the center line. It is. And when someone says, we see that you're attempting the center line. Yeah. And we realize that it's not you're not able to get it perfect and you won't. Yeah. Oh, it washes over you like. Yeah, it's like apple pie and ice cream. It just tastes so good. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Everyone loves it. It's so good. So if you're not a pastor, send one of those messages. That's right. And yeah. say, I'm giving you digital pie and ice cream. <laughs> yeah, what I'm finding Hopefully just... <laughs> just love and grace right online or in person if we could just show some love and grace it's going such a far way right now um just to bridge some of those gaps and and yeah we can have different viewpoints but i could still show you love and grace i don't need to be angry so uh yeah yeah, it's it's crazy but the temptation's there yeah the temptation's there we we're, we have fights going on in our grocery store because we have Superstore, mm-hmm. Real Canadian Superstore, which is a, a national chain. So they put out this thing yeah. that you have to wear masks. 
but we're in a territory where there's no COVID-19 cases and people aren't wearing masks. So what's interesting is half the people in the store are wearing masks, half the people aren't, and they're having arguments, you know, as they're picking out their bananas (laughs) on why you're not wearing a mask. And, And I'm like, this is not really happening right now. You can't even go to the grocery store to pick up a bunch of bananas without someone (laughs) either accosting you one way or the other. Oh, my goodness. So then how do we, in this season of this tension, how do we use it as a time to refresh and renew ourselves and and refocus and get healthy? Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I can only give what I what I know has worked for me. Mm -hmm. You got to start writing stuff down. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. <sighs> Writing stuff down can give you an opportunity to say all the things um, in a way, type it, put it in a notes app, write it in a journal, whatever you want to do, however that is. Mm-hmm. Um, all your angry, frustrated, um, uh, mean, um, thoughts Mm -hmm. just start writing it down open a word document and just have at her you know think about one person that maybe you're really struggling with and write just at them you know um you know i you you're angry at the government okay open up a document and just write a letter to the government but what what that does sometimes you know what we say and what we write might actually be sinful Mm -hmm. Um, or we can be tempted to do that. What it does is it's, it gives us an opportunity to lay out what's really what we're thinking, feeling, and we can read it back to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, I did that after my week, I spent, I had pages and pages and pages wow. of stuff that I'd written in a document. And I formulated that down. And uh, the Lord gave me the ability, I formulated that, that down to a report of kind of a burnout report, a leave of absence, stress leave report. Here's what, just explaining to the leadership, because I don't, I don't think for pastors that are listening, Mr. Staff, your, your volunteer board and leadership, they don't really know. Mm-hmm. You know, your staff might know people in day-to-day, but they're not there day-to-day. They don't fully get it. And so in the writing all the stuff down, or maybe if you're in a regular workplace, you write all that down and then you can kind of pull it down to, um, you know, cut and paste it to here's what led me to this moment to crack. Um, Here's some of the five-year things that led me here that COVID just exasperated. These were problems before in my life, pastorally, personally, maybe structurally, but COVID brought them to light. Mm -hmm. And and so, so again, refresh, renew, refocus. Uh, I think it, um, it, by writing all that out. And these are great things that you can, when you write out in that moment, you can book a counseling session and you can, Mm -hmm. you can send it ahead to your counselor and they'll read through it and it gives them what's going on. And then the next counseling appointment or leadership discussion, you know, obviously you don't want to hate mail and this guy I hate and this guy, and this guy, (laughs) that's not what I'm talking about. No, hopefully it's very self-reflective too, because I feel the temptation to automatically just blame it on single people. I think we all do, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Write it down. Yeah. I think that's a good tip, right? 
and just in ways to help us move forward as we navigate the season. Um, how about like as you as a church or your any of your volunteers, how are you guys um, navigating this time and, and what are you doing? I, if I could give every small town pastor the, I think they knew that was coming before, but if they're not willing to accept it now, you have got to choose innovation over tradition. Mm. You've got to, mm -hmm. it's traditional methods. They're, Jesus didn't create them. Mm -hmm. They held strong for a long time and really worked. Um, but you really, we have a leadership retreat this Saturday with all our board and all our ministry leaders. And we're actually going to spend time looking at current methods of church and really take an open, honest look. Do we love these methods more than the mission? Oh, that's a great really question. Have, yeah. Yeah. Our traditions, our methods of ministry, are, have we have we asked them into our heart as our personal Lord and Savior? Mm. You know, are we willing to lay them on the heart, on the altar of our heart, and to say, for the mission of the gospel, to to seek and save the lost, are we willing to leave all these methods behind? Mm -hmm. If we had no church history, and we woke up today, all of us just came to know Jesus, what would we do now? Mm -hmm. We have no documents. We have no history books. We have nothing. We only have the New Testament and our current COVID reality. What would we do? Oh, man. And if we can get there, it's, um, I believe that, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to bring about creativity of new methods that we'll see people, we'll see wins for the kingdom. Um, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. Uh, and for small town pastors, I get it. Tradition runs really, really strong in small towns, yeah. and and, um, and in some of our churches, they I I understand that some members of churches, I don't know if they know how to sustain their relationship with Jesus without the traditions they have. Mm, you know, it's true. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can have a relationship with Jesus if I can't be in the building. Right. Yeah. Because it's been so ingrained too, right? Like we've been serving That's in a right. certain capacity in a certain way for right. so long. Right. What happens when that's not there? I, I know. <laughs> How and, do we move forward? And, yeah, and we're we're still in this hopeful stage of like, okay, we're at like gatherings of fifty, but then we'll go to hundred, and then two hundred, and this will all get back. But I, I'm just trying to, without sounding like a negative Nancy, mm -hmm. sorry to anyone who's called Nancy, has the name Nancy by that <laughs> phrase, by the way, um, that, that alliteration probably isn't good. But uh, to be negative, sorry to be negative, I don't mean to be negative, I, I think it's realistic, you have to at least remotely go there, right, back to Habakkuk, mm -hmm. what if it goes back to full lockdown? Mm -hmm. are, are our 50s joyful enough? Like we look at our fifties and say, Oh, this stinks only 50. Well, what happens if we go back to none again? Yeah. What if we go back to tens and it's just staff meetings for worship. Like, um, are you ready for it? Cause yeah. if you're going to tell me that that's not possible, I, I think you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I think it's possible. Yeah. And I could see the government putting in those restrictions again. Um, or in 2023 when COVID 20, yeah. seven 
flu virus comes out. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think it's a thing. And so if we don't, if we don't adjust our traditions and methods now, we're going to have a really hard time in 2023. Mm-hmm. 2023 is going to be, you know, 2020 is going to be a walk in the park compared to 2023 mm-hmm. if we don't get this locked in, you know? Yeah. And are you, if we think the world's going to get better, I think we're deceiving yeah, ourselves. I think so too. And are you already, as you're moving forward through this, are you already seeing people serving in different capacities and being innovative and thinking of different ways? Um, not, not, I guess a little, we're, we're not doing anything. I think that other churches aren't doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm burdened deeply on the inability seemingly to reach children and youth. Mm-hmm. Um, in COVID, it, it burdens me deeply. That's um, a big I listened to I think your last episode with Dave Lane. Yeah. Amazing guy that I've known for a lot of years. He was a great mentor of, of, for, of me for, of mine for a lot of years. And, um, you know, him being 30 years in youth and family ministry and, and wrestling with it, that was really telling to me mm-hmm. when a guy like him, who's an expert is having to clean the slate, then that tells me who's not an expert that we got some work to do. Um, so we're not really doing super anything right now. And I've put a lot of weight to be honest on, uh, on our leadership retreat, our fall leadership retreat. I don't want to start rolling out things until every single, we want the core people to be in the room. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's fair to ask the really, really, really hard questions Mm -hmm. when your core committed leaders are in the room Yeah, and to allow that vulnerability and authenticity just kind of float and say, okay, some of what we're going to talk about now, some of the things we're going to talk about, maybe stopping some of the things we're going to talk about starting, it is going to irk us. Mm-hmm. is going to bother us and we just got to yeah so putting a lot of weight on that mm-hmm. hopefully not too much weight on it but change so yeah change is uncomfortable right it's hard mm-hmm. it's not an yeah. easy process Super hard. yeah i'd love to yeah. hear what your guys what comes out of that that'll be quite interesting to see where you guys go um, yeah and so we'll we'll roll out one of the things we have going to roll out in october that I wanted to do that I felt called to uh, is Mm mountainviewcommunities.ca. So there's a weird thing across the north and probably across northern Ontario, the northern provinces too. You have these little small towns. Some of them are First Nations villages, uh, these little communities, little hamlets, and they can't afford a pastor. Mm -hmm. Many of them don't have a church building. For us in the north, you know, they might have a Catholic priest come up and do a mass once a month, but they don't have any sort of church. Yeah. And COVID has forced us to have these pastor sermon files. We've got these worship files now. And so we're going to launch a part of our website where people go to mountainviewcommunities.ca and they can register their little podunk place. And we will allow them uh, before the weekend to download whatever they need from us. Mm -hmm. And that way they can get a Northern voice. um, Oh, nice northern content instead of big city content yeah uh for their little community their town and if they have a couple you know there might be a couple christians and they want to invite a neighbor that's searching and they can have it in their living room and they can download the either the message if they want to do a little prayer and sing together or or they can just have the whole package and uh so mountainviewcommunities.ca will get to the point and mm-hmm. hopefully these little tiny places all across the north 
that were locked out beforehand, but now they're completely locked out. Yeah. And they could never afford a pastor or missionary to spend enough time. And um, so how can we shepherd these, these little places all across Northern Canada and maybe even into Alaska? Um, so that's one of the ways we're, we're innovating. COVID has forced us to have all these video files. Yeah. And we can just open them for download. And we always thought, well, why would, right? Like we're in the Pacific region. Yeah. Village Church is like the <laughs> fastest growing church in Canada. Why wouldn't they just download their stuff? Right. Who yeah. wouldn't, right? But it's funny. You talk to someone and, you know, I might give it an example about hunting or fishing, but to them they're, or, or how dark it is in the winter. Or these little things that slip into your sermons as a Northern pastor, that resonates with them. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you're speaking our language. Yeah. You get us. Yeah. I think even in Huntsville, yeah. there's a bit of that, right? There is, yeah. There, there's a sure. difference. You know, sometimes people, because so many people from the GTA go up to Huntsville because it's cottage country, yeah. sometimes they want to say, oh, well, no, you know, it's the same here. Not it's if not. you, if you're 12 months a year in Huntsville, you can't, oh, no, 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 don't, don't lump us into that, you know? Um, you get what I'm saying, right? I totally do. I totally do. Yeah. And so... Um, Culture sometimes speaks better than creativity. Yeah. Right? Um, a cultural voice sometimes can speak more life into someone than a creative voice. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is what we want to try and do. So that's one of the new things. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Hey, will that tie in at all with your website on Lee Biblically about equipping people? Like, is that, will that be, is that separate or how does that one work? Because I know on <laughs> yeah, there, so that's as far as um, equipping goes with Lead Biblically, I offer, you know, I offer any help people want. I, mm-hmm. I have a, um, I have a church that um, takes care of me and my family extremely well. I can't say enough about uh, how gracious Mountain View Church has been. And so I'm, I'm able to help people where they're at. Things that sometimes people ask me a lot about. Uh, revitalizing a small church. That is a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, long time matriarchal, patriarchal uh, positions in the church, those kind of things. How do you, how do you play the long game? You know, it's not a matter of, you know, multiple churches in your city that you can move to and stuff. Like if you're in yeah. it for the long game, how can you revitalize it? Um, church revitalization, static revitalization strategies. Um, Moving from this mindset where you have the lead pastor and the associate pastor, that doesn't really work in small churches. So what does it look like to have halftime and quarter time, quarter time staff to do different jobs? Um, mm-hmm. You know, right now we have a few 10-hour week employees. We have one five-hour week employee. So so the full-time salary of the, of the associate pastor, can you break that down so that you can manage that stuff away, teaching people about that? How, how to preach and teach um, in post-Christian culture. Like I said, people don't think a white horse this way, but we are the most atheist agnostic uh, place in Canada. White horse That's is crazy. the most atheist agnostic city in the entire country. Wow. And people don't know that. Yeah. Uh, but once you live here or you spend time here, you realize it. Oh, Really? Um, yeah, yeah, and when I see people who live in Whitehorse, if I say they're like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but um, there is, um, if you live in Canada and you're looking for a place to run away from, <laughs> uh, you're looking to run away. Uh, Whitehorse is a great spot. All your needs are met. Yeah. You school, hospital, big box stores. 
but you're so far away that most of the country doesn't even think of you. You're kind of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, the, the desire to get away and to, um, to isolate yourself, that independence, uh, Christians have it too, funny enough. I see it in the evangelical world that we become godlike in ourselves, our own independence and rights and freedoms. And um, it's like an evangelical uh, uh, atheism in a sense, like uh, I, I, I evolve myself into mm-hmm. what, I, what I think I should be. And so we... It's okay. This is the mission field I'm I'm in. I so I yeah, preaching to a post-Christian <laughs> culture in a small town. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. That's crazy. It's weird. And so then because how part of the culture. Yeah. How do you in that create a healthy team atmosphere for your church and for your volunteers or your staff? It's it's hard. I, I haven't, I haven't arrived, you know, I'm, I am really, uh, you know, I'm an extrovert, high energy. I'm a talker. I'm going 24 seven, you know, hundred miles an hour, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pray for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's very introverted, more introspective, yes. which is a great balance. For us. Yeah. So, you know, working with Jeremy Norton is a little bit of taking a drink from a fire hose. And so it's just, it just is, it, it is. And I have to be aware of how badly I can annoy people. Mm. I, I live in a weird world where people either love me or hate me. And so, um, and I'm all, I, I struggled with that when I was younger, but I'm becoming okay. Like, this is how God's designed me. I know. I know when I'm entering into sin or whether I really am really, you know, trying to achieve the mission of the gospel. And so in that, um, there's a strange dichotomy with people who work with me. Mm-hmm. People who enter into ministry team and staff at Mountain View Church, they know me beforehand. And they know that when it's, when it's game time, like I'm a party animal too. When we go to have fun... <laughs> I, we laugh and that's one of the metrics. If your staff and ministry team, if, if we're not laughing, we had a ministry team meeting this week and one of our ministry leaders, she was, she was so funny. She, we were, we were dying laughing and I came away from her. I'm like, man, that's a sign of a good team. We yeah. were laughing so hard. at the But when it's time to get to work, yeah. I, your, your thoughts and feelings about this matter, if they're not, if they're not focused on what we're doing, like I, no, this isn't playtime. Like we, we have yeah. a job to do. So it's a weird thing, this party animal uh, with a <laughs> high driven leader. And depending on the environment, I'm one of those two guys. Yeah. And so that can be hard. Yeah. But I, I, I seem to have really committed people that are, you know, the Lord brings the right people to each pastor, right? Mm-hmm. I know. But I don't, I guess the answer is, I don't really know. <laughs> There's no secret sauce to building a staff and ministry team. I, I haven't figured it out. Yeah, I wish, right? A step by step. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You know, different personalities do get along if they have the same purpose. Yeah. They do. They they work out. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. all on the same page, right, and going the same direction, it's definitely easier. Yeah. And I have a check-in meeting every month, or at least every two months, with every ministry leader and staff. 
And I ask them one of my key questions, what's bugging you? Mm-hmm. What's annoying you? And I can tell on their face if they pause, <laughs> then what's bugging them or annoying them is me. You know, <laughs> if it's not me, they say it right away. If it's me, there's like this odd pause. And it's not, a, oh, I'm thinking. It's, you can see in their face, there's something going, yeah. okay, okay. So where are we at? Yeah. You know, and it's amazing. Sometimes it's like, well, four months ago, or, <laughs> you know, when you said this, I, and they, they love me. They love our church. They yeah. love Jesus. And I am amazed at how amazing staff and ministry leaders that they will, they will be gracious enough to hold on to this thing that's bugging them for that long. Oh my goodness. You know, and and I don't see that as a bad thing. I see, yeah. I see it like a serious fortitude. I am a lot to handle. And for you to endure that for a huge amount of time, like you have the grace of Jesus for sure, you know? So then they finally, you know, like, okay, well, there's this thing and you're driving me bonkers. And it's, okay. I got yeah. it. Nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, the yeah. life, the, the life of an extreme extrovert. Yeah. Hey, um, if you could communicate, what was that? The life of an extra extreme extrovert is uh, annoying people and finding out (laughs) way later. (laughs) Often too late. (laughs) And I think it bugs people because we're in such ignorant bliss. (laughs) I think everyone loves me. (laughs) I think everyone's fine. No surprise. I know. So it's, it's, and then it's all of a sudden you find out, like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, and, I, 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 and you feel terrible. Yeah. Terrible that you bug them or that you hurt them in some way that you said or did something. But then also terrible that you picked up none of the cues for such a long time. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm the worst leader ever. Oh, man. No. <laughs> You're getting it. Good You'll times. get it. <laughs> Oh, well, I was going to say, so if you could communicate one thing for those that are listening and and like the variety or, or the majority of our listeners are volunteers. They're people who are serving Mm -hmm. every week or now in a different capacity, right? Um, at this time, what, what's the thing you could say to maybe encourage them or just motivate them? Find a new way to serve mm. if the old way is not working. That's good. Don't, don't, don't get caught on your couch mm. heckling your church's online service on what you wish you could do or what they could do better or what. Do not, do not fight against it. Like for any volunteer, viciously. Mm-hmm. viciously fight against becoming a couch critic um, because I'm telling you, if you are a couch critic, you are killing us Yeah. as pastors and staff. You, you, we, we can't handle it. We yeah. can't do it. We, we, there is so much internal criticism that we're trying to work through mm-hmm. as well as the bigger picture of the metrics and the data and the, the leadership blogs and everything. We're trying to process all that. Please 
do not, if you are on the couch, just, I, just every day practice. They're trying their best. Mm-hmm. Or innovate a new way that we can be doing it. Book a Zoom call or coffee meeting and saying, hey, I'm sitting there and I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be the, the biggest thing. And I know maybe that sounds super harsh. I know probably someone might get their back up against the wall and like that because they're thinking back, wow, I just criticized like every week for the past few months. Okay. <laughs> there's forgiveness. Yeah. You're forgiven. Absolutely. Today, don't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> stop doing it. Write the criticism down in a journal and then put, I pray and that's it. Yeah. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. So was that was that kind of too harsh of a an ending maybe no i think that was probably supposed to be this light encouraging (laughs) thing i think it's good it's real right it's what we've all kind of been when you are at home it's easy to slip into that criticism right and just forget that there are people who are serving or preaching they are people and we need love and we need a little bit of grace mm-hmm. and just um, to be able to even think of something new and innovative and then approach your pastor or the team that's leading or the ministry leader and yeah. just in love share with them, hey, what about this idea? Not as a critique, but as, you know, a new innovative innovative way to do something. I think that's great. And for volunteers, for volunteers that have always been following leaders, mm-hmm. like now might be your time. Yeah. You you've thought every once in a while, like maybe I could be a ministry leader. Mm-hmm. Maybe like I've done a lot of time in the church. I've seen a lot of stuff. I know the mission and vision of our church pretty well. Maybe now's the time. Maybe yeah. I can lead a ministry. I'm telling you now's the time. Yeah. You got something new. Now's the time. Do it. Clean slate. Let's mm-hmm. try it. Hey, if it failed, we're no further behind or ahead. Right. And if it's a win, yeah. Lay down everything you knew. Try it. Sure. You know, just try it. Go for it. <laughs> Step up. That is so awesome. I think that's great, Jeremy. What a great way for us to wrap up this conversation. Um, that was amazing. I think it was encouraging. And I love that you could share everything that you've gone through these last number of months with people that maybe they're feeling this at home. And then they'll be encouraged by what you've said. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) For our listeners, we want you to stay connected with all that is happening with the 412 Canada podcast and our next conference coming up in May 2021. The best way to stay connected is to sign up for our email at 412.ca. That's F-O-U-R 12.ca. Be sure to check out the show notes from this episode and all the links to the resources will be posted there as well as ways for you to connect with Jeremy and his Lead Biblically website. Please take a moment now to like and share this episode on your social media accounts with your friends and everyone else and leave a review to help us better equip you. Well, I'm looking forward to all that is to come with 412 Canada and connecting with you. In fact, I'd love to hear about you and what equips you. Why don't you message at 412 Canada on our social platforms right now or email getequipped at 412.ca. Looking forward to next time on the 412 Canada podcast.
Thanks for listening to the Fort 12 Canada podcast. We hope this episode has equipped you for greater influence through serving. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and consider leaving a review on the app you use. The Fort 12 Canada podcast is a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Huntsville, Canada. Explore everything Fort 12 Canada at fort12.ca. Thanks again for spending time with us. See you next time.